Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. How do you know that someone is who they say they are? Do you ever think about that? How do you know that someone is who they say they are? You know, once in a while, periodically, this question comes to my mind. I don't know if this question ever comes to your mind, but it comes to my mind. And periodically, when it comes to my mind, sometimes I think of it as humorous. Sometimes it's a serious question. But it does come to my mind from time to time because we live in a day and age when there's sometimes a question of identity and there's certainly a question of integrity. And let me give you an example of what I mean. Last Sunday, following worship, I took Meredith away for an overnight for her birthday. I won't tell you which birthday so that I survive till my next birthday. (laughs) And uh, we went over to Savannah, and, you know, when you make a reservation online, you have to give your credit card information, right? So when I arrived there, they asked for my credit card and a photo ID. And my first reaction was, why? Because, first of all, if I already gave my credit card... I I could semi-understand them needing to see my credit card again. Even though, when you make a purchase online, they don't need to see your credit card again. Right? Do you ever think like this, or is it just me that thinks like this? (laughs) And then, when I make a purchase online, they never ask for a photo ID. So why do they need a photo ID when I show up in person with my credit card? And then they ask for a signature on top of it. When I make a purchase online, they never ask for a signature. Do you not think like this? You know, why do they question who I am when I show up in person and I've got the actual credit card and they want all this extra stuff. I'll tell you where else my mind went when they asked this question because my mind sometimes goes in weird directions. Meredith would tell you that. We call it weird association in my house. But my mind went back to when I was 18 years old. And you know... Back in those days, fake IDs were a lot easier than they are now. They still do them today. But fake IDs were a lot easier. And my friends used to always do the fake ID game, you know, where it says on your license that you're 21 years old. So when I was 18, I had several friends who did the fake license that said you were 21 years old. So I remember one time we went to a bar, 
And I went with a couple of my friends, and we walked up, and my one friend went in with, you know, the fake ID. It said he was 21 years old, and I walked up, and I handed them my ID. And the, and the, wo- the woman that was there, this young woman, she looked at my ID. She said, 57, 57. She said, you're 21. And the guy standing behind her said, he's 18. <laughs> she was not a math major. <laughs> and, and she looked at me, and she said, you're 18? And I said, yes. And she said, well, then you can't come in. And I said, okay. (laughs) And the funny thing about it, I didn't know whether you could go in or not if you were 18. You know, I knew you couldn't drink if you were 18 because the drinking age was 21. So my friend came back out and he said, Kranz, why did you do that? And I said, because they asked for my ID and I'm 18. And he just shook his head and we went. But, you know, they still do fake IDs today, I know. But the question is, they didn't know my friend was 18. In fact, he was still 17, actually. How do people know who you are? And when you say who you are in our day and age, you can portray anything you want who you are, and people don't know for sure. And we see it all the time. We see it all the time with public figures that you can say one thing about yourself and you may not really be that person. You know, the difference between persona and character. You know, and there's a difference. Advertisers, solicitors, Online, on the phone. Can you really trust people today? We have so many questions about that because of what we see and what we hear. And our trust factor with people that contact us, particularly when we don't know them, has gone down. Are people who they are when they say They are someone. And that's true of biblical times. In the Old Testament and the New Testament. See, because during Jesus' day, and actually, let's go back to the Old Testament reading with Elijah. There were false prophets during Elijah's day. There were false teachers during Elijah's day. Fast forward, same with Jesus' day. That people said one thing about who they were, and it wasn't necessarily true. And we see the same thing today. Whether it be in the church or in the world, about faith, about religion, even about Christianity. And how do you know what to believe about what someone says about religion, about faith, about God, about the Bible. And see, you have these two figures in our readings for today. You have Elijah in the Old Testament and Jesus in the New Testament. And there's a question about both because... 
in the Old Testament, this boy dies. And there's a question about, you came to my house and my son died. And the question about Jesus isn't just about this moment in time. But Jesus himself raises the question. About who people say he is. And who his apostles think he is. And Jesus says, I want you to know. When I say who I am, I want you to be clear who I am. I don't want there to be a question. And then we have a decision to make. Do we believe him? That's really the question. When he says who he is, do we believe him? Because if we really understand what Jesus is after, when he says, this is who I am, it's meant to change your life. And if it doesn't change your life, then you don't really believe it. You don't really understand who he is. Because if you really did, that truth would change your life. If you really understood, if you really believed. First of all, we hear Jesus talk about being a prophet. We hear people say he's a prophet. And one of the reasons, at least in this scripture that we have from Luke's gospel today, about he's a prophet, is because it reminds everyone of the Old Testament passage that we have before us this morning about Elijah. The fact that Elijah raises a widow's son and Jesus raises a widow's son. And people who know make the immediate connection about that in their minds. And they say a great prophet has rose among us because Elijah is considered, if not one of the greatest, the greatest prophet of the Jewish people. And so they make the connection immediately. And when, in fact, Jesus asks his apostles, who do people say that I am? One of the names that comes up, some people say you're Elijah. You're that kind of prophet. You're that great in some people's minds. Because you perform great miracles. And in fact, let's just clarify that even though he performed this great miracle, that at least at this point, some people just recognize him as a prophet. Not anything more than that. And the reason I say that is because, again, I've talked about this before. Some of you probably never heard me talk about it. It's for someone that has just died in the Jewish tradition and hasn't been dead three days or four days. In the Jewish tradition, that means their spirit is still hovering around the body. That he's not really dead. You know, you're really dead if you're dead three or four days. If you're just dead like that day, you're kind of dead. That your spirit is still hovering on the body. So, the gift of a prophet who brings someone back to dead, from the dead, for someone who's just been dead, you know, a short period of time, like a few hours or a day... They might have the gift of bringing someone back from the dead. They might have the gift of just recognizing that the spirit is still hovering and they're calling the spirit back into the body. So they're a powerful 
profit because they have this gift. But it's not like the same thing of bringing someone back from the dead when they've been dead for three or four days, someone who's really dead. Okay? And that's why when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, when Lazarus was dead for four days, it's a whole new level. And the stakes are much higher. That's why when two or three years later, when Jesus does that, the talk goes from him being a prophet only, and some of the rumors about he might be the Messiah, to the fact that people are saying, this is the Messiah, and the stakes drop, which is why the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders, not only want to kill Lazarus, they want to kill Jesus. Because he's such a threat. Because in most people's minds, he's not any longer just a prophet. Could this be the Messiah? Could he really be who he says he is? God the Son. See, for many people during Jesus' day, there seems to have been a progression. That when Jesus first started his ministry... He was a rabbi, he was a teacher, he was a man. And then he called his band of men together, his apostles. And so the question is, is this guy for real? See, because sometimes people mislead. They mislead because they themselves are misled. They mislead because they want their own personal gain. But then he starts doing these miracles, so he's at least a prophet. And then as he does more miracles and he preaches and he teaches and he does incredible things. He's more than that. The best illustration of this is in John chapter 9. And I encourage you, if you don't read John chapter 9 today, read it this week. John's Gospel chapter 9 shows the progression in a nutshell. It's the healing of a man born blind. Where when the man is healed... The first question that comes from the religious leaders is, who healed you? And he says, this man called Jesus. I don't know, just this guy. And then later on they ask him again. And he says, well, the man's got to be a prophet, at least. And then they ask him again. And he says, well, you must want to be his disciple too. Because never since the world began has anyone ever healed We've never heard of a man being born blind that's been healed. In other words, there's something more here than just a prophet because we've never heard of this before. And then when he finally meets Jesus face to face, Jesus says, you must believe in the Son of Man. And he says, who is he? And Jesus says, I'm he. And he falls down and worships Jesus. Now, if Jesus wasn't God, Jesus would have immediately corrected him and said, no, you can't worship me, I'm just a man. You can't worship me, I'm just a prophet. He allows it to happen because he's God. There's no mistake. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one who came to die in our place for our sin. 
He's the one who died on the cross. He's the one that rose again from the dead without anyone raising him. No man called him forth. No prophet called him forth. Jesus is who he says he is. And if we really understand this truth about him, that truth is meant to change our lives. That this is meant to be a personal knowledge, not just head knowledge. Not just some religion. Not just some good man. He's God the Son who came to die for you. That came to claim your life for His. That's why He came. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, if He didn't rise from the dead, then all of this is meaningless. Our faith means nothing. But if he rose from the dead, then he's the Messiah. And that changes everything. He is who he says he is. And we can trust him. You know, we are so removed from biblical times. So many people doubt the miracles. So many people doubt the historicity of the Bible. We have people inside the church and outside the church who doubt the resurrection of Jesus. We have people outside the church and inside the church who doubt that Jesus is God. We have people outside the church and inside the church that put all religions as basically equal. It doesn't matter what you believe. And so we go through doubts and we go through skepticism and we go through cynicism. And our lives don't look any different than any other. Anybody else. Because we really don't have that personal knowledge in our hearts. That changes our character. That changes our lives. Because that's what Jesus is meant to do. See, this is not just our persona. This is our character. This is the depth of our being. The whole of our lives. That's what he's after. If you really understand. If you really believe. That when we say we're a Christian, are we really who we say we are? I was in a discussion a few weeks ago with a friend of mine. And my friend told me about this 
and I'm going to do this in quotes, pastor from Canada. And her name is Greta Vosper. Greta is a pastor in the United Church of Canada. United Church of Canada would be the equivalent for England of the Church of England. It's, it's allegedly a Christian church. I say alleged. You'll hear why in a minute. And Greta is a very unique person in terms of her pastorate, and right now she's trying to hold on to her pastorate. Let me read to you some excerpts from this article. This came out in February. It's from the Toronto Star. She's a pastor in Toronto. In her sermons each Sunday, Vosper spoke openly about how she did not believe the Bible was the authoritative word of God for all time, a conviction she'd held long before her ordination and one that is not uncommon among United Church of Canada clergy. And I might add, not uncommon among a lot of clergy, period. Just so you know that. Just because her own interpretation of the prayers was metaphorical. She doesn't really believe the words that are in the prayers. She made it clear she did not believe in the God called God, a supernatural being who intervenes in human affairs. It's that I think we need to stop using that language, is what she says. Okay? Now it gets really interesting. Talk of God and Jesus was replaced with talk of love, compassion, and beauty. It is a church that has always avoided setting boundaries or otherwise limiting the scope of acceptable beliefs. The tipping point came three years ago when Vosper adopted a new label, Atheist. And she is now fighting her denomination to stay as pastor of her church. Because the church has no bylaws that state you have to believe in God to stay as the pastor of a church. This is a Christian church. Some of you might be surprised. You know, what's interesting is the Unitarian Universalist Church, not Christian, went through this A long time ago. Because the Unitarian Church, at one point, everybody believed in God. And then people came into the church and said, well, if we're really Unitarian, you shouldn't have to believe in God at all. And they got into the same debate, and they split. The Unitarian Church split. And so you have Unitarian Universalists who do believe in God, and Unitarian Universalists who don't believe in God. And sometimes they commingle and sometimes they don't. The reality is that in many circles, the Christian faith is up for grabs. And if you don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is, If you don't believe that the Bible really is the word of God and reliable and trustworthy, which Jesus did believe, by the way, 
then you will never be transformed in your life. You may have the persona, the name of Christian. But what Jesus wants is a transformed life. That the Holy Spirit would move in your heart and life and change you so that you might become more and more like Him. A personal knowledge. That's what Jesus is really after. And that's why the question, not just, who do people say that I am? The question, who do you say that I am? That's what's critical. And that's what changes your life. You know, this is not about an ID card. This is not about your wall on Facebook. You know, you can post anything on your wall on Facebook. You can post anything on a dating site. This is not personal knowledge, by the way, okay? (laughs) You can portray yourself however you want. But when you walk with Christ, because you know who He is, He changes you. The Holy Spirit changes you. And you'll be transformed and you'll know that He is who He says He is. You know, at some point, we will all be like this young man who has died. And when we come to judgment, we will open our eyes and we'll be before the Lord Jesus. And if we know Him, He will take our hand and welcome us. And the question is, do you know Him? Please bow with me in prayer. Many in the world today, and even in the church, think of Jesus as a man. Maybe like Muhammad or Confucius or Buddha. Some even think of him as a prophet. But Jesus has revealed himself as the Son of God, the Messiah, the one who came to die on a cross and rose again. The one who came to send his Holy Spirit to change our hearts and our lives. That we would be more than a persona. That we would be God's people. Empowered. That we might become like Christ. 
Lord God, we pray that you would give us total confidence that Jesus is who he says he is. And that we might be wholly convinced and then wholly transformed. That we might be who we say we are. That we are Christ's own. That we are his people filled with the Spirit. And that we might be his forever. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.